They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right, another episode of Inside the Mind of D. Scott, joined by my buddy Rich, your special guest. Oh, hi. Hi. Yeah, I, it, it was funny because you texted me the other day and were like, when are we potting again? And I was like, uh, this weekend, because when you had texted me, I had already slated a podcast for like that Tuesday, mm. which is the last episode I did with Macy Tremarkey, which was, an, it was a lot of fun. It was the first of all, it was the first time I've had a minor on the podcast. Um, Wait a minute, what? Yeah, What's well, going on? well, because we, she is a a local student athlete, and she goes to Colony High, and she um is an athlete, well, a student athlete, which I literally just said. I'm currently repeating myself, but um, she's been kind of on the forefront of trying to get uh, high risk sports back in the into Albany County because pretty much around here, all the counties are back to at least practicing in some uh, some fashion, and Albany County has not been allowed to do so yet. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's been ridiculous. So, um, so I had her on. So, but now here we are. It is uh, February sixth, the day before the Super Bowl, which football. Dun, 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 dun. No, hey, that's copyright. Don't do that. Sorry. Well, I I listen. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say Super Bowl anymore. I don't know. Like. I was, that is true. You know, I, we learned that when we got in the radio and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Oh, well, it was funny because I was listening to uh, a radio station uh, while I was out and about before I got to uh, the studio to do this and, and I got some other work to do. But um, at, when I was listening, the woman that was on the radio was like, oh, the big game. I'm like, you can call it the Super Bowl as long as you're not like advertising or monetizing it. Like the name of the, the name of the game is the Super Bowl. You can say tomorrow's the Super Bowl or these teams are playing in the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl halftime show, but you cannot do a contest and call it. You have to call it the big game. If you are doing something around the game. Correct. You can't. Yeah. If you're sitting there going, we're going to have a Super Bowl party. Oh, nope. You're you're monetizing off that. Can't do it. Nope. Right. Right. Yeah. Then it has to be the big game. Yes. It does. So I know you are a uh, a major Tom Brady uh, f- hater, I guess. Not a fan. We'll just go with not a fan. I don't want to say you're a hater. No. But, uh, oh, no, I, I can't stand the dude. Fair enough. Uh, um, and listen, if I was a Steelers fan for all those years and he did what he did to you guys year after year in the AFC, I would be uh, uh, not able to stand him as well. Luckily. Yeah. For me, I'm a Cowboy fan, and uh, I just hate everybody else because everybody beats the Cowboys. <laughs> well, it's not the 90s anymore, and you can't call yourself America's team. We were – we what the – we can't – we should have never done that. Like, oh, it's America's team. I'm like, is that why they're so shitty? Is that- <laughs> well, it's self-proclaimed. It really is. I mean – But if there was a team to reflect the state of America right now, oh, it would be the Dallas Cowboys. Come on. <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys are a self-licking ice cream cone, okay? Dude, listen, <laughs> think about it. They have all the right things in place, much like America, okay? 
and we fail every time. <laughs> oh, okay. You're going with that situation. You know Got I mean? it. Yeah, it is, that works. It is such a great comparison. Like, I, you know what? As a matter of fact, they are America's team. They are the reflection of what society has become. Well done. You are 100% correct. Well done, Jerry Jones. You have made it America's team. And I blame you for the state of our country now because you have underperformed for the better part of two decades. And That's so true. have we. Yeah, they make a lot of money at it. I don't know. I just don't get that. <laughs> it's marketing, dude. And, and the thing yeah, is, is and cowboy fans are just hardcore. Like, I'm a cowboy fan, but I'm not one of those. It's not like the Yankees for me. I gotcha. Like, I understand. Like the NFL, NBA, and I've talked about this on my pod before. It, I'm, I like certain teams. I am not diehard on them. I'm not, you know, it does not make or break my day. But then again, neither does the Yankees lose. And I go, well, that sucked. But like, there was nothing I could do to affect the outcome of that game. So I guess we're just not going to let it affect my sleep tonight. That's true. I mean, I get mad like for maybe five minutes if, you know, it's a game that I wish they won and they go, okay, well, I'm going to go do something else and yeah. be productive in society. Well, you're, you're it, it's disappointing to watch your team lose, yeah. especially if it's, if it's either a big game and, or, you know, you're, uh, you're up five, you're up like five <laughs> runs going into the bottom of the ninth and then you end up losing and you're like, what the fuck just happened here? Like why? Or you're, you're 11 and 0 for the football season and then you lose the last six. I mean, that's, that's cool too. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. It wasn't like the Steelers had like uh, a championship and, team. Like everybody was like, nobody's going to beat the Steelers. And then after they <laughs> lost their first game, they were like, well, we, we blew the perfect season. So we might as well not win the Super Bowl too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll just let the Browns walk all over us. Oh my God, dude. First of all, I watched that game. Um, my dad is, I turned it off after the first step, the first snap, I turned it off. I was like, <laughs> how did Pouncey an 11 year vet, Throw it over a six foot four freaking quarterback. Yeah. Ow. Dude, I it was I listen, my dad has been a Browns fan since I can remember. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna check this out. And I was I was all about the hype of Baker Mayfield and what he was doing in Cleveland, especially because they've been so bad for so long. So I'm like, and well, I mean, they were they were bad the first go around in Cleveland, and then they moved to Baltimore and they were really yeah. and then the and then the Cleveland Browns, i.e. or uh, um um aka the Baltimore Ravens became really, really good. So I was like, oh, but now to see them playing well again, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is really bad. I was like, this. How did, how did this happen? What is what is going on? I guess the Steelers weren't aware that the game started yet. Hi, what the hell? Where are the girls? Right, right. So, all right. So let, let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll make our predictions for tomorrow's game. Who uh, Who are you picking? I think I know. Want me to go first. I think I, I think I know the answer of who you're picking, but go well, ahead. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you an answer, and I'm gonna give a point spread. Okay. So I'm gonna say Chiefs 24-17. Ooh. Okay. I think it's gonna be close. It's gonna be they're gonna march down the field. It's gonna probably be, I'd say one or two field goals in the first half, and then the second half. Although I hate to say it, Brady is a second half quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's just. It's how it is. And they're going to score a couple, but I believe um, Mahomes is, is a stronger second half quarterback. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I, he does well under pressure. He does, but I, I have a very hard time sleeping on Tom Brady or betting against Tom Brady. Not that I'm not that I'm betting on the game at all. I have a few squares, but that's about it. 
Uh, right. I'm going. But I'm, I'm go- telling you, Andy. Woo, Andy Reid. He's a, he's a tricky man. Yeah. Well, let's we'll talk about him in in a heart in a in a second here. But um, I got Tampa Bay thirty four thirty one. Okay. Um, I think. I, I I don't know. I there's just something about it. I I I mean, a I'm pulling for Tom Brady to win outside of New England because, which is an extremely difficult thing for me to do. But at the same time, he's no longer playing for New England, so most of my hatred uh, for Brady just stemmed from him playing for a New England team. And my Yankee background will not allow me to cheer from anyone or for anyone that's from New England. I got you. That's one hundred percent doable. I, yeah. I I get that. Now let's go. Let's go a little bit deeper, right? I guess so. Super Bowl predictions for MVP. And, so okay, we know it's going to be the winner is going to be the MVP the, from the winning team, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be Kelsey and, I mean, granted, Mahomes as well if he throws like 600 yards or something right. like that. But I believe Kelsey is going to probably pick it up. And, oh, man, I forget his name on the defense. Uh, the – Middle linebacker. I forget his name off the top of my head. I don't know. Oh, man. He's – I'll look it up. But, I mean, who do you think if, you know, you're going to go with the the Bucs, who do you think probably pick it up for the MVP? I think if the Bucs end up pulling it off, then uh, Tom Brady's going to end up getting the the MVP. uh, Because – this but is see, what we were talking about before, like see, you know, the is, whole rigging thing. I, because I don't think Tampa can win that game without a, an amazing performance from Tom Brady. So, it, well, I mean, you also got Gronk too, but that mean, yeah, but he's Gronk, a favorite. Gronk is a Gronk is definitely a shadow of his former self. He's still a threat, but he's he's not anywhere near what he was. He's not a patriot Gronk anymore. He's. He's a on the downslope Gronk, I think. I I would well, he was retired. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Kansas roster. That's what I'm thinking because if Kansas City were to win it, uh, my my predictions for MVP. I mean, the obvious one is Patrick Mahomes, but I think if uh, if I'm going with someone else, I say mm-hmm. I say Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill gets the uh, gets the MVP. Yeah, I could see I could see Tyreek. Yeah, that's fine. But he's got to have a, you know, as a receiver, you got to have a huge game to win the MVP in the Super Bowl. But I think, oh, yes. I think if there's going to be a guy, then he's going to be the guy. He's clearly uh, Mahomes' main target. So mm-hmm. I, I would say him if Mahomes doesn't get it. Fair enough. By the way, that is such a weird word to name to say Mahomes. I feel like I'm talking about like a friend of mine. Oh. <laughs> Mahomes. My homies, 15 of my homies. Is that what, is that his charity or something like that? Or is it 12 of my homies? Or I, I forget what it is. I didn't even know that that was it. I didn't know he had a charity named that, but okay. Yeah. I think it's like 15 of my homies or, or 12 of my homies or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. And I, I'm probably doing it injustice and people are like yelling at the radio right now or the podcast going, you idiot, you should know this. Yeah. I'm, no, Steelers fan, so I'm just trying to understand. Well, what's going on. I, I think if anyone is listening to this and realizes that we're, we we may or may not really know what we're talking about is because first of all, well, we're not, we're not Tampa Bay or chiefs fans. Not, so, not, I mean, not only that, like, even if it doesn't matter, like, it's not like we're looking shit up beforehand. Like, we're just, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We just, we just go with it. This is kind of like, you, nobody is coming here for historical facts or information. I would, <laughs> I would guess like nobody was like, I, you know, I need a history lesson. I wonder what D Scott is talking about on his podcast. Yes. This, this guy is very informative. That guy knows a lot. 
Yeah, no, I mean, most of it's made up. I believe the guy's name's D Ford. I don't care. For for the Chiefs. I don't care. I I mean, I I just hate, you know, putting myself out there and and not finishing what I was trying to say. So that's the biggest thing. I get it. I get it. All right. So let's, uh, Let's move move on here. Do you think the NFL is fixed? Because I know that I know there are so many people. Come on, man. Do you? Do it, you? It, it, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat for this one. I'm telling you, there there is something to be had about the whole everything playing out just right. Just think about it. Like use the NBA as, as an example. You know, uh, LeBron James. He went to a different team, and oh my God, they went to the championship. They're mm-hmm. the best team ever. He is the best. Oh my goodness, he can't do anything that no one else can't do. He is almost basketball god. One, I don't watch basketball because they make too much money for playing a child's game. Same with football, but football is a little bit more entertaining because, well, I, I like destructive things. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, third of all, and letter D of this list that I'm making, I don't know if I'm doing numbers or letters. It doesn't matter. I just find it very ironic. You know, this guy gets picked up by the Tampa Bay Bucks after playing umpteen thousand downs at New England and just having a dynasty and just being secure. And now he goes to Tampa Bay in a different conference and takes Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl under one year without practice, without having the um, non-COVID restrictions, if you will. Mm-hmm. It seems a little fishy. Um, how so? Well, like I said, <laughs> not many practice days, and he's taking a team that he never played with in a different conference to the Super Bowl in less than a year. Or he's just really good at what he does. Stop it. You lie. <laughs> and, and and makes the people around him better and knows the game. Uh, no. You know. I know the game too, but I can't bring the freaking Tampa Bay Bucks to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like Tom Brady might know the game of football a little bit better than you or I. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey I played high school in almost college football. I know everything. Okay. All right. All right. I was almost on a Madden cover if it wasn't for my bum knee. Right. Does he's, that make sense? He's making that up, everyone. That's that's not. They're like, oh my god, Rich. Rich was almost on a Madden cover. No, he wasn't. Yes, I was almost there. Um. The other thing I love to hear is is when they, when people such as yourself, will complain about the calls that Tom Brady gets, and I go. But you know what? There are a couple of calls that I've seen, you know, being a Steelers fan, there are some calls that I've seen that Ben Roethlisberger got. And I was like, eee, that's, that's a little giving. Well, okay. well, here's the thing. Okay. And it goes for any sport. Well, maybe not baseball, but most sports. Well, yeah, you're right. Star players will get favorable calls. Oh, I know. So I know. It's, that's, that, that is the thing that kills me where, and, and Tom Brady has been a star player for well over two decades. And it's like, yeah. And people are like, he gets all these calls. I'm like, wait, so you mean to tell me the officials are making favorable call calls towards one of the biggest names in the sport? Michael Jordan got a bunch of favorable calls. LeBron oh, James God, yeah. gets favorable calls. And to go back oh. to to go back to your your point on LeBron, uh, they did put together a pretty good super team, which is another reason why I don't follow the NBA anymore, is because I'm sick of the super team. But um he did See, I don't follow he, he also brought in Anthony Davis to play along with him. So it was like the two best like power forward forward combinations or both power forwards 
but LeBron can play every position on the floor. So it, you put those two guys on the floor and they're just the two of them are already better than like 80% of the rest of the team or the rest of the It's like the new version of Stockton and Malone. Um, so yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, that's the last time I watched any NBA. I would go more like it's the new version of like uh, Jordan Pippen, but uh, on a much bigger scale because God, don't bring Jordan in freaking anything has to compare to him. I, I think, and I'm, and I'm, don't get me wrong. I mean, because Pippen was an amazing ball player and one of the top 50 of all time. But um, with, without Jordan, he was not an uber elite player. He was, okay. he was still good. He was just not like the highest of elite players that were, that were playing. Jordan definitely made him much better. Um, and, and then that also goes to say that, playing with Jordan, he was better, but also learned a lot from playing with Jordan, which made him better. But Anthony Davis was a superstar before he played with LeBron James, and then they put him together, and, you know, here the Lakers probably going to win the NBA championship again this year. Yeah, and sometimes you got to sit there and go, you know, are these relationships forced to be playing well together, or did it actually really mesh well together? And, you know, it's one of those what if. Yeah. So if if this and then that kind of situation, you know, there seems to be a lot of friendships um, that are like actual friendships in the NBA now, which is, right. you know, and I get it. And never, it's so funny that we're talking about this. Cause I was literally just listening to a podcast talk about this. And I was like, okay. you know, but they all, I want to play with my friends. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you can, be friends, you can be friends with guys and play against them. It's actually better for the league, if it's more competitive, like I don't, I don't want to see a super team or two or three super teams. And then the rest of the league are fighting for it, you know, a playoff berth without standing a chance to do anything with that, because you're not going to get past one of the three super teams. And I'm right. kind of over super team. Like we grew up in the, in the late eighties, nineties when the NBA kind of had the resurgence and it was like every team had a few superstars on their team, like superstars, you know, you had, right. you had the Sonics had Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, the Sacramento Kings had guys like uh, Chris Weber. Uh, Vladi Divac was there for a while. Jason Williams. Um, there were some other guys that I don't remember. Uh, the Lakers have always had star power on their team. The Clippers had a cup uh, the clip. Uh, let me rephrase that. Cause back then the Clippers were, just kind of, they were like a doormat. Like I, like, Ron Harper was there for a hot minute and he was, you know, and, and then he was like, fuck this and ended up on the bulls. Um, the Pistons were always strong and always had at least two or three all-stars. Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, uh, Bill Lambeer, who was a, just a, yeah, that's, that's the ones I remember too is, the, you know, it's a garbage, but anyway, well, yeah, Lambeer and, and, uh, uh, Scotty Pippen, your Jordans, your Barclays, mm -hmm. uh, those are the, you know, the guys that I grew up watching basketball when, you know, it was on <laughs> well, in the local area where, you know, you and I grew up with the 6, 10 and 13. And, you know, that's the only TV stations that you got. <laughs> and, you know, now you have NBA Game Pass where you have to pay to watch basketball of your favorite teams and stuff. And, you know, it all comes down to money, really. Yeah. I mean, how this stuff works. It does. You follow the money, man. That's where it is. Yeah. That's such a conspiracy <laughs> theory thing, but it, it, it makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, I know. 
It's, but it isn't because it's 100% true. But um, all right. The other thing that we noticed, we'll go back to the Super Bowl. Screw the NBA. Um, yeah, that's true. We yeah, speaking of money, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we were we were looking up ticket prices for the Super Bowl because, you know, talk about a like a, 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 hot, a hot ticket right now because they're only allowing, you know, X amount of fans at Raymond James Stadium. Um, it's like 30,000 or 25,000 or something. It's very limited. Which is crazy to think that 25,000 fans is a limited amount of fans. Doesn't that sound like a large number of fans? It does, but I mean, you got to think about it, how much money is put behind this and how many corporate sponsors are coming up and, and putting into this to make sure that it, it goes off without a hitch. Like, on what is it on? What channel is it on this year? Is it Fox or NBC? I have no idea. I don't even know where they're what I don't I don't know what it's on. Uh, I'll find it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll find it anywhere on any. <laughs> like, oh, uh, like, oh, here's the game. Found it. Yeah. Found it. We're good. All right. Just give show me the commercials because the game doesn't really interest me right now. But <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't I don't even think the commercials are gonna be that good this year. I think Raymond James holds what, 75, 80,000 people or something like that? Most football stadiums do. Um football stadium it's funny how much bigger football stadiums are than baseball stadiums. Oh, I know. Um, I think we, we talked about it briefly, just not, not on this, um, when we were, we were chatting the other day and I went to a Yankee spring, spring training game and, uh, George M Steinbrenner field, which is the Yankees spring training facility is right next to Raymond James stadium. Yep. Right down in Tampa. Yep. I mean, they are literally like, uh, we ended up parking in the grass cause there was a decent amount of fans at the Yankee game. And Dude, we they, they share like this grass field where you can park. And I looked over and I was like, oh my God, it is such an enormous structure. It's unbelievable. So I think he does no no justice to show the size of these these stadiums. Like the one like uh ATT Stadium, the new Cowboys one. It's ginormous. Oh the that, new uh Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. Yep. Oh my god. God, it isn't like, like the weirdest thing, isn't it, dollars, doesn't like it that? seem like the weirdest thing to say, by the way, the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. the Raiders, sorry. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny to watch the games with uh, the Raiders and, you know, the refs still calling them <laughs> the, uh, jeez, uh, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Raiders. And then they change. they're like the Oakland Raiders. They're like, nope, sorry, Las Vegas. Yeah. 15 yards on Las Vegas this time. Well, they have like, to go through like every city that they've played in. No. <laughs> They're like the uh, the little orphan of the NFL. They, they just are. get passed around houses. They just they just keep going from foster home to foster home. I feel so bad for them. Yeah, whatever. I mean, they're in Vegas now, so I think they're probably going to stay there for a little bit. Well, thanks to COVID, it really hurt them this this first year. But I think when it starts to get better and back into the the swing of things, it'll get a little bit bigger. And and now they're going to be charging a lot of money to go see them just for regular games. Doesn't I mean, mean they got to pay off. Four billion dollars to build that stadium. Doesn't it seem strange that they put a uh, a professional sports franchise like a, a major football? Well, I mean, I think Las Vegas has uh, hockey too. But isn't it doesn't it seem odd to you to put any kind of major franchise in a major sport in a tourist destination? Um, I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. I understand that people live in and around Las Vegas, like. All those people have right. to, that work there have to, you know, be from the area. It's not like they commute in every day. 
But right. But I mean, you got to remember, like the people are from Los Angeles can just take the 15 into Vegas, and it only takes what a couple hours or so because you know your 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 main fan base is going to be out oh, of Oakland. It's LA. Yeah, it's going to be your your diehards that have been with you for, you know, your ride or dies because clearly right. it's not like they've been um a predominant team in the NFL. So like you got you got your ride or dies, but then now Vegas is going to be like, "Oh, great. Here comes the whole city of Los Angeles to Vegas." Yeah, that's Oh, I mean, but it's still it brings a whole bunch of money into it as well. Yeah, because we both know that of, of all pl- sit, pl- city Oh, Jesus. Of all cities that need more money coming to it, it would be Vegas. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> today, yes. Well, I mean, at this point, everybody needs more money coming to their city because nobody's, yeah, that's true. everybody's kind of been shut down. But it's like, dude, they're already getting a stupid amount of money brought into that city. Right. But, well, let's think about like this one for Tampa right now with the whole Super Bowl bringing, I mean, the average ticket is what, six grand right now on StubHub? Or a regular like nosebleed 308 stadium, so or 308 section. So if you've been to Raymond James, you know the 300s, and mostly like any other stadium, your 100s, just like a, a high rise, is your ground level. Right. Two is middle, and then three is your third level. Um, I think I saw it like there's a suite section left with 16 uh, uh, seats available. I, I looked it up earlier. I wrote it down. Hold on one second. Okay. Um, was it section or suite three, which is on the Buccaneers side? Hundred ninety three thousand two hundred per ticket. I'm sorry. Say that number again. One hundred ninety three thousand two hundred. One hundred ninety three thousand dollars for a ticket to the Super Bowl. Correct. And there's sixteen available in that suite. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. All right. First yeah. of all, that is that is ridiculous that anyone is trying to charge that amount of money. Although you're looking at StubHub, correct? Correct. All right. Yeah. Um, which is also uh, a third party um, ticket site, which also jacks the prices up. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, there, there are a whole bunch of, you know, fees and a whole bunch of, I mean, but if you're paying that much money, I think StubHub can go, all right, we'll just take away the fees or something like that. But no, they're going to still charge you the $40 processing ticket fee or whatever it is i have a feeling i wonder if that's based on percentage of you know what the ticket price you're paying so i almost wonder like if that goes up because the ticket is one hundred ninety three thousand dollars. so then you end up paying like four hundred dollars in processing fees yeah like there's a like a like it like when you buy a car or something like that, there's a percentage to it like it offsets on it like you're you're paying you know, a certain percentage on whatever the price of the ticket is, which your, your, your fees, if you're buying a $50 ticket are only going to be a few dollars. But if you're buying, if you're going to buy a $200,000 ticket, right. The processing fee, I almost wonder if that's based on a percentage, which I, I literally have just said that a few times. So it, it, yeah, I I understand it, it, but it's, it's hard to fathom that situation. You know, like you're sitting there going, wow, how much for this? Are you serious? Well, it's, like, hard to, it's hard to fathom paying that kind of money for tickets anyway, because I I, I don't have one hundred ninety three thousand dollars to buy a ticket. So it's that's a house. Yeah. For an hour of football in Florida, it's a really nice house. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, in fact, let's just put it in perspective. I went back to StubHub and I'm going to look here. So section the suite three section is like in the middle of between sections two and three. So you got your uppers and lower suites. Uh, let's go to Chiefs side, section 135. 
Average price, lower level, center 135 on the Chiefs side, 50-yard line is $13,000. And that's like one of the cheapest tickets you can get, right? Well, on, on the lower level. Well, okay, yeah. I want to. So let's go. Let's go to Buccaneers side, fifty yard line, uh, section three eleven. That's the upper tier one. So that's a bargain at forty nine hundred dollars. Yeah, I and I don't know what ticket prices normally are for a Super Bowl. I know they're not cheap. Um, they shouldn't be this high. Well, I I don't know, dude. I I don't know. I know that. That's- much money though like let's look how many sections do they have 344 sections right yeah so if you average a price at 4900 bucks so let's say 5000 bucks right okay uh so 5 grand times 344 so like per seat in each section on average oh my god <laughs> you got to be kidding me just one seat in each section at $5,000, you're making $172,000 just for one seat in each section. Yeah. Yeah. On average, $5,000. Okay. And then you have... And I don't know how many seats are in each section, though. That's that's the thing. Right. Oh, dude. It, it, listen, it, and what's great is the NFL is a nonprofit organization. How? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Although well, you got to go and you got to pay $25 million for a year for two years straight, just for one player, Tom well, Brady. Well, I mean, but here's the other thing too, that I, I, I learned about the NFL, which I think is trash is like when the team needs a new stadium, they make the city pay for the new stadium. Yeah. Like that stadium yeah. in, in Las Vegas was paid for by the city of was it Clark County. I don't know. I think Vegas is in Clark County or something because they go by counties and stuff of, of who pays for it. Yeah. So like the, so you, you essentially as a resident are paying for that, whether you wanted it or not. Right. And like, think about Jersey. Why are they paying for the Jets and Giants stadium? You no, know hard. I, <laughs> no hard. I try not to think about Jersey just in general. I just, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, like think about Jersey. I'm like, I'd rather not. I would just, <laughs> I just try really, really hard not to think about New Jersey at all, ever. Not that, there, not that there aren't great people from New Jersey or nice areas, but in general, as a as a uh, blanket statement, it is kind of the armpit of the country. But, dude. It's like the hose of the country. Gas. That's the coolest thing. Huh? You don't even pump your own gas in Jersey. Yeah, and they get mad at you when you try to. They're like, no, 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 you get back in your car. I'm like, dude, I'm not from here. Like, there's a plate on the back of my car that proves it. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Do I have to tip you? I tried to do it myself. Yeah, I, I, it is what it is. I mean, that, that's it's a good way to, you know, to have jobs and stuff created that way. Cool. Sure. Got it. Sure. But how many people are working at a gas station? Like three? Like. Please don't yell at me when I try to pump my own gas. Yeah, like, you could be like cordial about it. But like, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, we don't allow you to pump your own gas here because you clearly can't figure out the, uh, the difficult system that we have and flipping, <laughs> flipping the, the handle over and then uh, selecting the grade you would like and then squeezing the trigger. Hold on. Slow down. Slow down. I'm taking notes. How do you do this again? Oh, how to pump gas. Okay. <laughs> So, so first of all, you get out of your car. You make sure you open your gas tank, which most cars. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
I have to get out of my own car to do this? Generally, this is why I want electric vehicles. Generally, generally you have to. Um, oh, and a little side note for people who keep forgetting where their goddamn gas pump or their gas tank is. If you look on your dashboard, generally uh, near the gas gauge on your dashboard, there's a little arrow pointing left or right telling you where the frigging gas tank is. I don't know if people are aware of that. I mean, it's a little life hack. Yeah. <laughs> life hack number seven. Like, oh, there it is. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so you get out of your car with the gas, the, the, the tank open. Okay. And then. Gas tank open. All right. <laughs> okay. You want me to say it slow so you can write this down? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm well, doing shorthand. Well, remember. I'm um, and then you, you, you put your credit card in the machine, in the, in the pump, you select oh, okay. credit or debit. I usually go with credit. Um, yeah. and then uh, hopefully you have enough money to cover a, you know, a tank of gas on your card, which yeah, where do you get one of these credit cards, uh, generally, uh, a bank, a bank, I think sometimes your friends or, <laughs> or neighbors may have these items for you to look at. <laughs> oh, yeah, where can i see your items oh they're in my attic You're, yeah yeah but where is your attic it's in the top of my house near the roof people that are born in the 90s right now are going what are they doing no this doesn't if you don't if you don't know who the jerky boys are you have to google that shit and listen to some of their stuff saul rosenberg this was before they had call ID. So. Apparently, because they they kept on doing it, like it, like they, they kept went, on calling the same people. Too. You know, they went national. Oh, by the way, I'm done giving the lesson on the gas tank. Uh, they went national and put out a movie, and still were making tapes. Yeah, it was. It, it, uh, if I could, if I could break it down to anyone that doesn't know who they are. It was like the impractical jokers, except they were on the phone instead of doing pranks in person. Yeah, when people actually used phones to talk to people. Yeah, when like, well, we still do, just in a different capacity, verbally speak to each other. Not yes, sound. Yes, like you know what you're listening to now. Like imagine that only you could talk back to us. Right. That's how a phone works. Why? I think it's fantastic that we've broken down some of the easiest things. Like we just broke down how to use a phone. Like. <laughs> It's sad because, you know, there are kids out there now that don't understand what you, when you say hang up the phone. Like, what, what do you mean hang up the phone? Yeah, it used to hang on the wall. Yeah, so you had to literally, that's where that term comes from. You had to hang it up. Now it's end the call. And, you know, this is tough to do with, you know, not being visual. But if you ask someone that was born around our time, the 80s and and late 70s or maybe even close to the late 80s you ask them you know to pretend to be on the phone and you know they put their thumb and their pinky up to their head right yep you know like that's how you know people would mind the the action of using a phone right if you ask kids now that understand you know what cell phones are and stuff and you ask them you know pretend to be on the phone they just put their hand flat well or they put their hand they put their hand in like the shape of a c yeah, or in yeah, the shape of a C or something, and, and hold it in front of them to, to use the phone. And you're like, "Wow, has has this changed that much?" Yeah, it has. <laughs> Am I really that old? Yeah, we are. As a matter of fact, but and it's just weird how technology changes the perceptions and the actions of generations. I you lost me on that. There was a lot of words that you just said that I just, I don't. I'm not. 
I'm not even, listen, I'm not even sure mentally where I just went, but I heard you talking and then you stopped and I was like, Rich just said something that I didn't hear. I feel bad. I what happened? Yeah. Like, sorry, man. I just checked out for a second and, and I came back. Like I heard you talking and there was, I knew there were words. I knew there were words. I mean, it's, it's like you just got hit on the football field and you're under concussion protocol. Right. <laughs> I wasn't hit in the head and I don't have a concussion. I was literally just sitting here staring. <laughs> like, I was, honest to God, I was staring at a blank piece of paper and then I, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm in the middle of something. Come back. Like, what? Wait a minute. Hey, hey, pay attention over here. Hey, thank you. Um, I, I, before we go on too long with this one, because I don't want to do a super long episode so that people stay engaged with the uh, with the episode where they're like, oh my God, this is... This is three hours of horseshit that I don't want to listen to. Um, <laughs> the past few podcasts that I've done, uh, I have talked about, you know, if you disagree with me or if you agree with me or you have ideas or you have a topic that you would like to discuss or you would like me to discuss and my opinions on them, um, shoot me an email. It's uh, dscottradio at yahoo.com. That's the email address that you can send them to. Uh, and that goes for this one as well. I mean, that's always, a, that's an open invite to anyone that wants to talk uh, about anything that I've talked about or wants me to talk about something, dscottradio at yahoo.com. So I actually got an email from, uh, from Kathy, Kathy something. I forgot her name. Um, I'll look it up. I'll, I'll... How personal of you? Well, I, I don't want to not say like she was the, Kathy Rucker is the one that emailed me. Okay. Um, and she says, just curious if you could spend a few minutes your next podcast talking about why and how you became a radio DJ, but only if you consider this podcast worthy. Um, I consider pretty much everything podcast worthy, Kathy. Thank First of all, thank you for the email. I know we've gone back and forth on Twitter a couple of times. Um, uh, everything, good, everything is podcast worthy because a lot of times I don't really have anything to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> so fair enough. Anything and everything. And I've, I, you know, I didn't answer that question in my last episode because I was talking with Macy about a completely different topic and it didn't fit. So I figured you and I could talk about it real quick because, well, you, although not in radio anymore, you do have a radio background. That's how we met each other and uh, became friends. So I will start with you and I will open that, that question up to you. How did you get into radio and why? Mm, man, um, the year was Jeez, 2001. Sorry, what? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> 2001, um, I was in the process of going to college and I was looking for an internship and I came across uh, Albany Broadcasting Company where uh, you and I used to work. Yep. Um, so I came across the internship for the morning show where, uh, was it Brian Cody? Uh, what did Ellen go by? Ellen Rockwell, right? Uh, yes. Ellen Rockwell and uh, Big Ray. Okay. So that was the morning show at that time. And they said, sure, we'd love to have an intern and you can learn about this situation and how it works. Cool. I did it for about a year, year and a half. And I worked my way into doing some on-air situations. And um, I, I had fun, actually. It was something different and something interesting that I actually didn't consider to be a career or a, a job at the time, mm -hmm. but as long as, you know, as I was playing with it and, you know, it started becoming fun and you know how they say, do something that you like. So it doesn't feel like a job. And that actually did that for me. But as I was there longer and longer, you and I were working together 
Um, I can't remember the first time that you and I met. You were doing, oh man. I had to be doing weekends. Yeah, you were doing weekends and then I got into weekends and you and I would follow each other on the weekends back and forth, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the time slot. And then we got our new boss, uh, was it Donnie, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got our new boss, Donnie, and he saw something in us and we came into some time slots, filling in for some people, got some good training. And then, man, then our new boss after that, John, he let us do what we wanted to do. I got on the morning show of the new team that was there, Candy and Potter, if you remember them. Oh, yeah, I do. And uh, did some of that stuff as the third person for that show. And you were doing nights at the time. Yep. Man, and we stayed there for quite a bit. And then you and I both got on a rock station and then all hell broke loose after that one. (laughs) That was just a a horrible idea. But I mean, (laughs) our our big boss, Kevin, thought we were good. We were good at what we did. And we were like, wow, you're stupid. All right, that's cool. Let's do this. (laughs) That's the one thing, though, that I I, that I've always respected about Kevin was he took care of us because um, we were in a different situation at the other station and, and moved yeah. around and stuff like that. And Kevin wanted us, he had, he had, he had slots for us and took care of us because he knew that we needed, like he wanted us to keep working because he knew that there was a love and a drive and a talent there that we could actually fit wherever it was that he put us. Uh, yeah. And you know, it was, it was granted a, a, a different format that we were used to. Um, but man, I think we fit very well in that format and just did pretty well with it. To tell you the truth. I think uh, the rock format, although we both enjoyed the top, we both enjoy the top 40 format because it's fun. Um, And maybe more our speed musically with some things. Um, I think the rock format personality wise for the two of us was a little bit more of a natural fit because you you really have to kind of be careful of how you say things in a top 40. Although you could get away with a lot, especially back then you could get away with saying a lot of stuff on a top 40 station, but right. Like I said, titties in a morning show. Right. Once and I got for that. Well, yeah. See that that's a thing. Um, but on, on the rock station, you could say titties all day. Right. And I, so, the, and it was the rock station. You, it's a different audience. Um, and it's, it's a little bit more free and you're a little bit more open to be more, yourself i you know it's not that we're abrasive personalities but you know we it's i don't know for me it it just seemed a little bit more of a natural fit but at the same time i also have always wanted to and now i am back in top 40 so it works for me but that's it it, it's a it's it's called being a professional in radio a lot of people don't get that like you need you need to be able to fit wherever they plug you in so it's never really getting a job in radio is never about the music. The people that want to, well, I like hip hop. So I want to work on a hip hop station. Yeah. Well, I like hip hop too, but I also enjoy a paycheck. So if you want me to do country, I will. If you want me to do adult contemporary, I will. If you want me to do hot AC, top 40 rock, uh, modern rock, alt, alt rock, it doesn't matter. You put me wherever it works because uh, I, I am a radio personality. I'm not a, you know, I don't, I'm not pigeonholed into one type of music. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it changes. I mean, for any job really too, uh, you got to adapt and overcome if you have to change careers. Right. Like for myself, I'm coming out of the military and that's a whole different world of than what I'm going into here coming up in May. It's going to be a different world for me. So I have to adapt and overcome 
in any situation. Like you were saying, if right. you went to one format and let's say you were making uh, pizza for 10 years and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I got to make salad. Okay, let's learn how to do that. <laughs> and like it, it, it's 100% true. You know, if you want a paycheck, you got to conform. Yeah. You got to be, um, what is it called? <laughs> you have to be, so we have a, um, you literally a saying, Oh, I was going to say, I mean, you have to be a chameleon. You have to be able to just kind of, or, or putty. You just kind of mold. Yeah. Yes. You just mold to Semper Gumby. Uh, okay. That means always flexible. Oh, Gumby. It is gum. Yeah. It is Gumby. Damn it. Not gum. Anyway. Uh, yeah. that's an old, Semper Gumby. that's an old, uh, Eddie Murphy Saturday night live. Get. Yes. Yes, it is. I'll be Gumby. Damn it. I've been, it is not gum. It is Gumby. Damn it. Um, uh, um, 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 so real quick synopsis, synopsis of, uh, of my radio career. Why radio, Kathy? I don't have a real answer to that. I've always had a love for music and it was, uh, I, I it, it, but the thing is like, I got into it. I know a lot of people in this business that are quote unquote radio nerds, uh, grew up loving the radio and the people that were on the radio. I was always more in, interested in the music. Um, wasn't necessarily interested in what the people were saying in between. And I don't really know what I was thinking when I decided to go to the new school of radio and television, how I ended up in this uh, enrolled in this class, but I, I, I got through it, not really thinking anything of it at the time, just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. And part of that is an intern. Part of the curriculum at the time was an internship. So I interned for the primetime party with Brian Cody on FLY. Yeah. And, uh, I did that for quite some time. Like my hours were up and I kept coming back because I was having fun. Um, and my internship ends, they had an opportunity to board up or what, now they're called producers. Um, it, it's weird. <laughs> I was a producer. <laughs> it's really weird because like, I was not really the producer of the show. There are producers in radio that have specific, a specific set of set of skills. Um, I was literally there just to play a CD and then when the track ended, play the commercials and then go back into the CD. Um, yep. So I, Brian got me in doing American Top 40 with Casey Kasem, which was Sunday mornings. I got there at six o'clock with uh, Backtracks USA with Kid Kelly, ran from six to eight and from eight to noon, it was American Top 40 with Casey Kasem. Um, from there, hang on. I remember those days. I did that too. That was that's like one of the things that, you know, you got to be a producer first before you get into the you gotta life learn, you gotta, of radio. You got to learn the job. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, in any job, you got to do, I wouldn't call it shit work, but I mean, you got to start from the beginning. Right. Like any other thing, like there's seniority rules. So from, from there, uh, by the way, I was like 20, 21 at the time and doing that. So Sunday mornings of being there at six o'clock in the morning was rough sometimes. Yeah, because you know we might have partied on the weekends. So um, maybe. So from there, I got to know some of the guys that were working uh, at the station as well. I was playing. We had a charity basketball team, so I made friends with a bunch of people. Oh, uh, God, I remember that. that too. And then, um, you know, I I ended up doing like overnights on the weekend and some during the week. Which the ones during the week were always fun because I was working at a drywall. I work. I delivered drywall for a decade and. That was a 7.30 to 3.30 job, but I was, there were nights during the week that I was working midnight to six. Mm -hmm. So I would get done with my, my radio station duties there. And then 
go to the parking lot of my full-time job and sleep in the parking lot for an hour and then do my job and then work all day till three 30. Um, it kind of progressed from there. I started, uh, started really fall. And, that, and that's kind of like, once I got into the business is really where the love of radio came from, uh, watching other people work and, and learning who some of the better jocks around the country were that I had never heard of. Um, guys like Billy Hammond and learning about who Broadway Bill Lee is and some of the guys out on the West coast and, and, uh, uh, and then finding out like the, the, the history of kid Kelly, who was more than just backtracks USA. Um, and getting to know some of the dudes I worked with and it, and it just started progressing and I started watching and listening to what we call air checks. Um, and like really studying what these people were doing and paying attention to it. And that's how I ended up yeah, delivery tactics. And, and I, I take a bunch of different styles of people and you know, what you hear on the air for me is me, but it's like, bits and pieces of deliveries from other people as well. Um, mm -hmm. There's little, little things that I learned to pick up on, uh, whether it be the texture of the song and talking to the texture of the song, not yelling over a ballad, um, <laughs> whispering, you know, stuff like that, where it's, if it's a down-tempo record, there's no reason for you to talk. It was more of a, I'm talking like this because the record is a, a down-tempo. It's an easy song. So why imagine screaming over like Kenny G or like meatloaf or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I still hear, I hear people doing that now and it's like, why are you yelling? Yeah. Like fit the, fit the tempo of the song. So, um, and it just kind of progressed from there. And I, I actually really, really fell in love with the entertainment aspect of radio and, and being there and doing it and, uh, having a lot of fun. And it was funny one time, this is years ago. I was having a conversation with, uh, Mike Adams. <clears throat> who was Adam Kelly at the time, his, his on-air name. And I was doing overnights. I would just go in, like, not really prepared for anything and kind of just say some stuff that came to mind or work the phones best we could because back then people actually called radio stations. And I kind of fed off them, and I've always been a more think-on-my-feet kind of delivery kind of guy. So Adam pulls me aside one day. He goes, dude, what the hell what the hell is basically what it was. And I was like, all right, you're going to have to elaborate on that. Cause I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this one. Um, cause that's a real blanket statement. <laughs> like, just, yeah, especially in radio. Yeah. I'm like, what? Okay. So he goes, I don't get it, bro. He's like, I, I bust my butt trying to come up with creative things to do on the air and say, and creative ways to do breaks, which for those of you not in radio, uh, when you talk on the radio, it's called a, it's, it's called a talk break. Um, and he was like, but you just come in and he's like, you've only been doing it for like three months and you're ridiculous at this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to say it without coming off as over like, like hockey. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to be when I say something like this, but it has never been difficult for me to talk on the radio. Uh, some people it is and some people it isn't. It all depends on your character and your charisma, really. Yeah, it, I mean, and that's just it. Like, you, I, you, we've, I've said it a, a million times since being in, after being in radio for 20 plus years. You can't teach personality. And that's really no. all I've ever done. And it's just learning to take your personality and, you know, kind of compact it into however long you have to talk. Um, <clears throat> so that was like my answer. And he was just like, really? I'm like, no, it just... This part of the gig comes naturally. Like I had to learn how to do production. 
I had to learn how to operate some of the things. I had to learn how to cut up phone calls and to take out the bullshit and just keep the meat. Um, but the personality, like the stuff I was saying to the people in the phone call or on the air, it, it has always just come very naturally to me. So I was like, it was never hard. Like, yeah, some people can hold conversations really well and just flow with it and right. take the information that's coming out of someone else. And that's, that's actually a good, um, that's a great trait for this like, business. Yeah. It's a great trait to listen. That's a big thing is listening. Right. Yeah. And well, you have to pay attention to what they're saying and not just think of your next punchline, because if you're not listening to what they're saying, your next punchline will not make sense. So no, it won't land. Right. Because you're going to sit there and go, how can I be funny? And, and only people can listen to me. And, you know, right. it's sad because there's a lot of people that are in the business that don't go far because they think that way. Right. Well, yeah. when we were, you, when we used to do phones, uh, when people would call the radio station and stuff, I remember, you remember John, he would always say, let the person on the phone be funny and get the last word. Right. You know, it's, it's about them bringing the experience to everybody else. You're just the intermediary to press the buttons. And that's it. Well, the funny thing was though, is most of my stuff was reactionary. So a lot of times yes. the listener was not getting the last word in. It was pretty much me because it was my, it was a reaction to what they were saying. And yeah, and that's was, fine. <laughs> I was the different, I was the different um, personality on the station pretty much whenever I was on there. It was, everybody else was a little bit more low key and I was like the smart ass on at night and it yes. worked. It, it worked for me and it, and it has continued since, although phones have uh, subsided quite a bit, but so Kathy, that is, uh, that's how I got into radio. Uh, that is why my why for radio is literally just, um, now that I think about it, it was to learn how to produce music. I wanted to learn that and it completely fell off the rails because that's not what it was about. And I ended up falling in love with a completely different career. You know, it's funny how you say that. Cause you know, the reason why that I was actually looking into it and call me crazy, but, um, I've always been interested in voiceover work and voiceover talents yep. like, uh, Tara strong or, um, Dave. She's a big one that I, I follow a lot. She did, you know, the fairly odd parents. Um, dude, was it Tom Kinney, SpongeBob? Yep. Uh, he's basically known for that. Uh, Mel Blanc, Bugs Bunny cartoons. I mean, there's a lot of other ones that I can, you know, name out there as well, but you won't really know the names because you don't have the passion for voiceover work like, you know, some other people do. I can name maybe 15 or 20 other ones that do voiceover work currently today do you know who and you'd be like oh i have no idea who that dude is and then i give you the character name you're like oh i didn't know that guy did that that's pretty cool do you know who joe lamonico is yes i do know who joe lamonico is i was actually just watching a video on him at comic-con uh 2018 doing a table read for a new show that was supposed to come out on netflix this year are you sure yeah joe joe lamonico the production director for iHeartMedia rochester yes Really? Yes. He did a table read for what? He was at Comic-Con in 2018, 2019, and he was doing a table read for a show that was being pitched for Netflix on 2021 or something like that. I don't think it has come out yet, but. He, uh, he was the voice of uh, Winky uh, or for Winky in the butt on Family Guy. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I never told you that story. No, he never told me that one. He was, he did the voice of, uh, oh God, 
the guy that does you me uh me no funny yeah yeah i remember i know that yeah i know who winky and the butt are but i was with um that was joe wow Tate, you Tate. got butt slammed yeah, yeah i was, was a k-h-o-g k-hog or something like that yes yep yeah so uh yeah I remember. it's a totally made up radio station by the way but. yeah it is i almost wonder if there is another joe lamonico I don't know if the if it's the same guy that we're talking about. It, what was oh Paradise PD? I think it's on Netflix. It's the same people that made Brickleberry as well. Paradise PD. Yeah, I believe he was doing something for that. Uh, I think there's two seasons out. It's the same. Uh, he was doing a table read with um, what's his name Cedric Yarborough, <laughs> the black dude from Reno 911. I know who that is. Yeah, he does the voice work as well for a guy on on that show as well. And I think he did a voice work for uh, Brickleberry with Daniel Tosh. Um, who else? Tom Kenny is in that show too. Dang. Um, you got uh, the guys that are on the show. I just looked it up for Paradise PD. Mm-hmm. Roger Black, Sarah Chalk, Tom Kenny. Oh, Sarah Chalk. That's the girl from... Uh, Scrubs. Waco Ogu. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oh, Waco Ogwin. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Kyle yeah, Waco Ogwin. Kyle Kinney. Kin Kin K I N A N E. Uh-huh. Uh, Dana Snyder. Gray Delisley. I don't know who that is. Daniel Tosh. Gray Delisley. Yeah, John DiMaggio. Gray Delisley. She was. If I, if it's a single, I, I remember she is the voice. Dude, hi, oh Eric was on that show. Yeah, <laughs> Ronnie Mund. Like these are these are dudes from the Stern show. Like high pitch Eric yeah. Ronnie Mund. They're both from. Uh, yeah, Joe's not on this. It might have been somebody else you were thinking of. Okay. Because I was like, I don't think like he's he doesn't do a lot of voiceover work, and I don't think he would have gone to Comic Con. I mean, it's possible, but um, because. <laughs> He's got a full time gig with a uh, with with the company doing production, so it's like right. Uh, well, you never know. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that does happen at Comic Con that it doesn't get to air though, which really sucks. Is because you know, yeah, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but um, to go back to the would you say Sarah Chalk, right? Mm-hmm. She was the the girl uh, in Scrubs. Uh, she's done some voice work for some Disney. Uh, Disney Junior shows. Okay. Same with, uh, I think her name's Gray, right? Yeah, there was a there was somebody named Gray on there. Yeah, she. If it's the same girl that I remember, she does the voice. If you have kids, she does the voice for the girl on Puppy Dog Pals. Oh, okay. That owns that owns. Um, Oh dang the the female dog that hangs out with the other two dogs. I know this because my daughter watches yeah, it, and I don't. she does the voice for the little girl that um, is the neighbor to Bob, who is voiced by Harlan Williams. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, and Harlan Williams is the one that came up with the concept and directs the show of Puppy Dog Pals as well. Oh, fair enough. Um, See, it's weird when you do that stuff and you look into like voice work and you're like, wow, I didn't know these people did this stuff or came up with ideas like this. And it's, it's pretty amazing. So I just looked him, I, I just looked up Joe on his IMDB known for Grand Theft Auto 4, Family Guy and Grand Theft. He did, he voiced some characters for Grand Theft Auto 4. 
No kidding. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I didn't well and it was uh the funny thing is I talk to him all the time. I mean, he's he is uh, in the business a good friend of mine. Um that I did. I must have missed him up for someone else. Yeah, I I'm thinking you did, but that's fine. I'm sure he would appreciate that you thought he was yeah. in the TV show that he wasn't. So, um yeah, whatever. <laughs> you should put it on there now. But it was like I was like, "Joe, you were the voice. You were a voice on 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 family guy i was like holy hell that's pretty cool so anyway um but yeah that's that's what i've always wanted to do for when i got in the radio and that's and i kind of fell into something different like you said you know dealing with uh the love of of radio itself yeah you just end up you just kind of end up doing completely different stuff because uh it's it's weird it it, yep and once this business gets a hold of you man even you've been out of it for a while and it's still in your blood like you don't forget it oh no you never will nope you never ever will it doesn't go away and you're just it's it's weird it is a very very weird business but you still stay connected with your friends that are from radio and still do podcasts with them yeah you try to point in 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 make right now although (laughs) although it's going to be become more difficult because i don't know what kind of internet connection you have out there in the fucking mountains where you're moving or the grasslands wherever it is hey I'm on the base of the Rockies, okay? Wow, John Denver's full of shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) I have never, never, ever been able to use that in a sentence that it fit. That was great. Now it it makes sense. It really does. Wow, I always thought the Rockies were way rockier than this. Yeah. Yeah, That John Denver's full of shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to, to put it out there and make it, you know, so people are going, what are you talking about? I'm actually moving out to Montana. I, I Right now, I'm in, I'm in North Carolina. We're doing this not face-to-face. I'm in North Carolina, and I'll be moving to Montana here probably around, like, May. Or as they called it in um, uh, the, the song scenario, North Kakalaka. North Kakalaka, yeah, as Petey Pablo would put it. And Compton, check it, check it, check it out. More troops to the boot. No, no, anyway. No, I mean it was it was Charlie sure. Brown, leaders of the new schools verse. That's right. Yeah, that is right. Hey, actually, you know what? Um, if you are a J. Cole fan, uh, I am from. I live in the city where he's from. Nice, right up, right outside Fayetteville. So nice, and he shows up a lot, and he's a very active member in the local community. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> good, good little tidbit. Um, all right. The more you know. All right. Good talk, Rusty. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, that's going to wrap it up for this one. We we wanted to do a half hour. We did double that, but that's okay. Um, Good information, though. Yeah. So there you go. You got your Super Bowl predictions. And like I said earlier on, if you got anything you want me to talk about uh, or disagree with something I said or agree with anything that I said or that Rich said or any of my guests have said ever, um, email me, dscottradio at yahoo.com. I will gladly talk about your uh, your stuff on the air. If you want some advice, no, no idea why you would come to me for advice, especially if you're not, like, no. if you're not my mm-hmm. kid, like I, I feel bad when my kids come to me for things and I'm like, I'm the <laughs> last person you should ask that question to, but here it goes. Um, but no, you, you just shoot me an email. I will gladly talk about whatever it is that you want on the, uh, on the podcast. Don't feel as if it's not worthy for me to talk about, because if you just listened to the last hour of this, uh, thank yeah, you. Every, yeah. And everything is worthy of, making it onto my podcast. So 
Rich, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Kathy, thank you so much for the first and only email I've ever gotten for the podcast. I appreciate that. So, uh, which is really cool. I hope you get more. I do too. I, I think that would be, that would be a lot of fun. And that, you know, I, I like having arguments with, uh, it's a one-sided argument because I'm reading an email and then I'll just yell at you. <laughs> um, and explain to you why I think you're wrong and you can't rebut because you know, I'm not going to have you on the podcast, especially it's a Polish debate. It Good is. Job. Hey, listen, that's why I specialize in it. I'm Polish. Okay. I know. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> so, uh, so that's it, Rich. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for, for, uh, for coming on and, uh, thank you for helping me find Zencaster too. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Appreciate it. First episode on Zencaster is done. Fuck her out.